Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. It is so good to be in Auckland. I just want to say thank you for the wonderful weather you've put on. It's been awesome. I want to give a special greeting. I'll make sure I get this right because I'm looking here. We have our North Campus, our South Campus, our West Campus and Tauranga. Did I say that right? I've been practising. As well, all of the online campus, we want to welcome you. You are a part of this. Hey, hey, put down your coffee because God's get ready to speak to you. And of course, all of our local groups, Melbourne and Adelaide. Come on, can we welcome big family, big life family. Everybody welcome everybody. It is so good to be here with Luke and Missy, Paul Marie and all the team. Sharon and I are very excited to be with you this weekend. I believe God's got a word for you. Ready? So these first five, six rows, you are the most spiritual because you're still standing. Look around, turn around, have a look what everyone else did here. They all sat down on you. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. I'm only preaching to this five rows here. Uh, Obviously, this is Anzac Weekend, uh, where I pastor in Virginia Beach. It's the largest Navy base in the world. Um, So I want to say thank you to all who have served in the military. We honour you today. We do not forget you. And we appreciate you. Amen? Actually, where we are is a really interesting place because NASA Langley is right in our region. Uh, which is really cool. Um, We also have the farm. I don't know if you've ever heard of the farm, Camp Perry. It's where the CIA train anyone who's going to be a spy goes to to become a spy. Um, So we have, this is hilarious. I think this is a funny statistic. We have in our area what's called Hampton Roads, um, 22,000 registered spies. I'm more concerned about the unregistered spies that I am. And then on top of that, it's, you know, the largest Navy base. All the SEALs on the East Coast live and work and operate out of Virginia Beach. They're the nicest train killers I've ever met. Really fun guys to be with. And uh, Anzac Weekend, may we never forget those who paid the price. And we are free today in Jesus' Name because of people who've gone before us. Which actually leads me into my message today because... How many believe we should embrace whatever the Bible teaches us that God wants for us that we should embrace that? And yet I noticed in in sometimes, have you noticed this? Sometimes the world in its culture doesn't really want you to embrace all of the wisdom of the Word of God. Have you noticed that? Like, you know, whether that be the concept of marriage that God said in the beginning, God made Male and female, He created them. And that's the wisdom of God, the Word of God. And yet in today's culture, that seems to be a very, uh, you know, a resistant principle that there's, we've got to embrace many, many other ways in which to consider humanity. Or marriage, for example. God said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one. So the concept of marriage in today's world, sadly, is a little bit different than maybe what the wisdom of God is. Now, I understand that the world does embrace different values and principles, but how many believe we should be always seeking to align ourselves with the wisdom of the Word of God? Amen? 
And we're here by embracing those values, those principles, that wisdom to give the world godly wisdom to help the world see that your way of thinking isn't really the smartest way in the long term. Amen. And we don't live that in a condescending way. We live it in an authentic way. And we want to example that to give the world something to follow. Would you agree with that? Well, I got a couple of words here today that no doubt in today's world and culture fly in the face of worldly wisdom. So come with me. I've been teaching in our church out of the book of Proverbs. Just, you know, some people collect coins and, and some people collect cars. I got a relative who's a stamp collector. He's the leading expert of stamps in the world, I'm told. He tells me. And uh, <laughs> I think he is. I don't know. I wouldn't know one stamp from another. And, uh, and so, you know, some people collect stamps, coins, and I collect wisdom thoughts. I, I, love, I love to collect thoughts that build wisdom into my life. So out of Proverbs, of course, there's 31 Proverbs. Uh, and so there are 31 days to a month. So a proverb a day will keep foolishness away. And so Proverbs 11, verse 25, let's go there. It says in Proverbs 11, and I'm reading from the New International Version, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And I know we're launching and starting a series here about community and embracing community. And, 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 and God made us in, in His image. How many believe that's true? <clears throat> God said, let us, everybody say us, make man in whose image? Our image. God did not say, I will make man in my image, singular. He said, let us, plural, make man in our, in other words, community, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image. So when God made us, He made us in the image of who He is. And He is not singular. He is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There is community. So we were never created to be in isolation. Now, I know there's times when we found ourselves in isolation more recently with COVID and we did all the lockdowns and we did that little moment of, you know, trying to preserve health and, you know, we're not going there. We're not talking about that. We have no opinion about that. Well, we probably do have opinions, but probably not my place to share mine. But all I do know is this. He who isolates himself, the Bible says, Proverbs 18 verse 1, rages, seeks their own desire, rages against all wisdom. Amen. So we, And God said, it is not good for man to be alone. So when God made Adam, there wasn't Eve yet. And God looked at Adam and God went, this isn't good. Man by himself is not good. And all the men said, that's a little weak. And, and, and God, now let me ask you a question. Was God there when He said that it is not good for man to be alone? So God Himself is saying, He is not all we need. God was there when He acknowledged that this isn't good. Man is alone. Some, some people say, I don't need the church. I don't need other people. It's just God and me. Well, God never made you in isolation. 
God said, let us make man in our image. I just want to start by today by saying we need each other. We need the church. We need, and then, and then God said, I will put man asleep. God does His best work when men are asleep. And He made Eve and then He presents her to him, to Adam, and he goes. Now, in, in, the, in, the, you know, in, the, in the Genesis, the account is, she shall be called woman. But I think before he said that, he went, thank you, God. Thank you. She is gorgeous. Hubba, hubba. <laughs> and then he said, now this is good. Can I tell you, we are created to be in community. We need each other. God is not all you need. Now, God is all sufficient, but in His all sufficiency, He created us to be in community. Can you say amen? That's why you're in church this morning at every campus. That's why you're watching online today because there's something in you that actually is created by God. We're made in His image. We were not created to be alone. But look at this first word in Proverbs 11. It says, Generosity, a generous person will prosper. So here in the Bible, the Bible is into generosity. God wants you and He wants me to be generous. But let me give a couple of wisdom thoughts about generosity. Number one, I believe we got to understand that we should always give out our strength. We should never give away our strength. We should always give out of our strength. We should not give our away our strength. Some people say, why doesn't the church sell all its buildings and give it all to the needy and meet the needs of people today? Well, that'd be good. And we might meet the needs for a few months of the needy, but then there'll be no church to be there in the long term because we've given everything away. We give out of our strength. We don't give away our strength. Amen. A wise man stores for now and he stores for the future. He's a forward planner. I love what Simon Wheel says. He goes, attention, I love this thought. Attention is the rarest and the purest form of generosity. Attention is the rarest and the purest form of generosity. You see, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about just stopping and having a conversation with somebody. Just looking someone in the eyes and actually giving them the time of day rather than the good old Christian, hey, brother, how you doing? We say brother because we can't remember their name. <laughs> the de- Listen to this thought. This is a great quote. I collect thoughts. Here's another thought. You ready for this thought? The difference between prosperity and greed is generosity. How do I know if I'm embracing prosperity or whether I'm greedy. Because some people have turned a prosperity message into a greedy message. Gimme, 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 my name's Jimmy. Take, 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 my name's Jake. That's enough about me, let's talk about you. What do you think about me? How do I know if I'm really living a life that is embracing prosperity or if I've just turned this into something greedy? The difference is generosity. If your life is making prosperity all about how people can bless you and what you can get and what you can gain, that's greedy. But if you're making your life something that God, I want you to bless me so I can be a blessing to others, that's generosity. I love what Winston Churchill said. He said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. That's a good thought right there, isn't it? Yeah, if you're gonna give a Lord a hand, 
Give him a good one. Come on. So generosity, you think about generosity, and, and I love that concept that's in the Bible, the generous man will prosper. I want to be generous. I don't know what people are going to write on my tombstone. Hopefully something nice. Amen. I don't want just a little dash. I want, but if I were to maybe preemptively give a suggestion, a little hint to my wife, it might be something along the lines of, he was generous. For all the things that could and could be said about you and I, for me, I want to be known that the mark, the definitive mark of my life was generosity. I want that. I want to be known as someone who is generous. So here's what the Bible, Jesus said, whoever is first will be last. Whoever is last will be first. And I, I think there's great wisdom in that. But I also think there are, there are some things that we should aspire to be first in. For instance, I think we should be the first to smile. I'm telling you, you just turn on the news nowadays and it's depressing. I found myself, God spoke to me and said, turn off the TV, get off social media because I'm telling you, I want to be somebody when I walk into a room, I want to light up the room. I don't want to suck all the air out of the room. I want to make sure I bring joy. The Bible says in His presence, there's fullness of joy. I've seen some Christians and they come and they say, I've been in the presence of God. And I'm thinking, go back. <laughs> You're not done yet. I'll know when you've been in His presence because in His presence, there's fullness of joy and the joy of the Lord is my strength. You look like you've been baptised in lemon juice. The only way to get some Christians to do a smiley, to smile, is go to bed with a coat hanger in their mouth. <laughs> they got a frown, they measure sanctification by the amount of droop. And yet I wanna be somebody that when I walk into a room, I wanna be the first to smile. <laughs> I see you. Oh, what about this one? Be the first to forgive. That's a mark of generosity. Smiling's generous, it's contagious. Forgiving, dear God, social media, the way in which Christians talk to other Christians. I'm going, have you read your Bible? And they're judging and pointing the finger and accusing and they're so bold on their social media. Hey, why don't we be the first to forgive others in Jesus' Name? Why don't we be the first to give? In a world, in a climate where so much about inflation and oh my gosh, how will we ever buy a house? How will young people ever get forward? How will they ever get ahead? Why don't you be the first to give? Why don't you be the first to bless your city? Why don't you be the first to step up and do something and be a blessing to somebody else? Here's another one. Be the first to be kind. Amen? Or how, how about this thought? How about be the first person not to rush to judgment? All of these things, I think, are marks of generosity. Characteristics. How do we be generous? Because I know what some people would say. Oh, well, yes, yeah, Steve, I believe in generosity. I believe you're preaching Bible. But, you know, what, what, let's just talk about money for a minute. I don't, I don't have any money to give. Well, I want to talk to you about how to be generous. Here's a couple of thoughts. Listen to this one. Number one, divert one expense. Why don't you get off Netflix? 
Roku. Some people, what is that? A word of knowledge? What's going on here? <laughs> Have you not heard of Netflix? <laughs> because they just increased their price and Disney Plus. And I'm thinking to myself, people think I just don't have any means to be generous. Well, why don't you just divert one expense? Look what it costs to smoke. Now, I'm not saying if you smoke, you won't get to heaven. I'm not saying, I would never say that. You'll be the first to get there, but I'm not saying, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not saying that you won't. You'll get there before the rest of us. That's all I'm saying. Why don't you just divert one expense? Here's a thought. Hey, listen to this one. This one really works. If you want to figure out how to be more generous, this is guaranteed to work. Spend more time with generous people. Just get around because it gets on you. You watch and you learn. And not only do you, now don't spend more generous time with more generous people so you can be the recipient of their generosity. I've seen people try to do that. It doesn't work too good. But when you get around other people, you learn and you look at their life and you see that their life is blessed. And actually across their life, there's something, and I mean this in a good way, enviable. There's something desirous. There's something you want of what they have. And it's more than just the giving. It's actually how the world of the generous gets larger and larger. But the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. When you make life all about yourself, he who is wrapped up in himself makes a very small parcel. Amen. Uh, here's another one. Why don't you just start on something small? In terms of being generous, start on something small. Like, okay, here's a really good one. I've really, I seek to do this all the time. Embrace gratitude. I, I, I consciously think every day, I, I want to find myself being grateful for someone else and catching someone doing something that I want to thank them for. I remember one time I walked into Starbucks and, you know, I love, you know, coffee. How many know coffee is always the will of God? God is so into, a co into coffee. He wrote a book called Hebrews. I, I, actually, I, actually think, I actually think we should rename the coffee shop Jehovah Java. Um, I, 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 I love... I love coffee. I go into Starbucks. There's a Starbucks near my house. And, and uh, you know, it gets crowded sometimes, really crowded. It's annoying how crowded it gets. And I've also discovered it's slow lately because everybody calls in their orders and the drive through people get their coffee before anybody else does. They're more important. Uh, they, they get their coffee. And I'm standing there sometimes 10, 15 minutes waiting for my coffee. And I remember this one time I walked in to a Starbucks and this was particularly slow. It was probably about 20, 25 minutes and there was probably 20 or 30 people all in there and they were not happy. And, and they were letting the baristas know. And I watched this one barista. He was a master of managing people's expectations. He was going, hey, I, I, I see you, man. What's your name? You're, you're Bill, Bill. And he looks, he goes, Bill, you're third. Just to let you know, Bill, you're third. We're, we're getting to you, Bill. We're coming. I, we got you. Hey, ma'am, I see you. And he can see arms folded, grouchy looking face. What's your name? Betty, Betty, Betty. I'm telling you, I'm going to move yours up. I got you, Betty. I can tell you're in a hurry. I'm watching this guy and people are going, oh, thank you. Thank you. And, and then he looks at me and I just smile. Hey. 
And I'm going, it's all good, man. And he looked at me, he goes, huh? And then he keeps on serving other people. And then finally, I think he was thinking, well, I'm the really patient guy. So I think he moved my order to the last. And, and then finally, he was, I watched him. I'm going, this guy is brilliant. He's a people person. He's a magician. He's incredible. And he had everybody smiling and feel like they all knew that they were important and he was working on their order. And finally, when it came to mind, I said, dude, what's your name? And he looked at me thinking, oh no, I'm in trouble. I said, no, really, what's your name? I want to know your name. And I forget what his name was now, funnily enough. And, and, uh, and he said, my name's, you know, Joe. And I said, Joe, I got to tell you something, man. You've got some of the best people skills I've ever seen. I would hire you to work in my world tomorrow. Well done. I watched you give eye contact to every customer. You spoke to them. You let them know that you saw them. You dialed down all the emotion, all the anger, all of the impatience, just with your words and your smile. Man, you were brilliant. And I got to tell you, I saw him throw his shoulders back, his chest out. He just felt so good. And he says, what's your name? I said, you should know it's on my coffee. (laughs) Can we maybe just catch people doing things good? Like maybe today when you're going out to pick up your kids, can you just say thank you to the kids worker rather than going, where is Johnny? I want Johnny. We got places to go, people to see. Can we embrace gratitude? Come on, somebody. The generous man, we ought to embrace generosity. We ought to embrace it. We ought to practice it. How How can we be generous? Find a kingdom cause and a kingdom passion. How can we embrace it? Live, listen to this one. You're not gonna like this. Live a little less extravagant. Let me give you a Bible verse. I know you're waiting for one, right? Okay, Ecclesiastes 9 verse four. I love this verse. For him who is joined to all the living, there is hope. For him who is joined To all the living, there is hope. Watch, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. A living dog is better than a dead lion. Some people's house is a dead lion. Some people's car is a dead lion. Some people's wardrobe is a dead lion. Some people's jewellery is a dead lion. Because we... Embrace generosity as we should, but maybe we could learn to live just a little less extravagant to be generous. You see, sometimes people look blessed, but they're not really blessed. They're just up to their nostrils in debt. And if God told someone to give $20, they don't have $20 to give because all their money is spoken for in a house they can't afford to live in. And I'd rather have a living dog than a dead lion. I'd have maybe a less expensive car that I could afford than a car that I'm driving to impress everybody else when nobody else is really impressed with me in the first place. And so maybe sometimes I I would rather have a living dog. Let's be honest, if you had a house and you had a little chihuahua as your little guard dog versus you got a lion, but the lion's dead, no one's scared of a dead lion, but that little chihuahua is at least gonna bark. Amen? And sometimes I just want to 
get us to embrace generosity and just put some steps to it and not just talk ourselves out of it. That's good principle. But as for somebody else, maybe we could just do something to make us walk toward generosity. Amen. Praise the Lord. Number two, look at the Bible says, a generous man will what? Prosper. That's in the Bible. That word exists in the Bible. God wants you and I to be generous and He wants us to be prosperous. But don't just make prosperity just about money. It's meant to be across your whole life. Amen. Prosperity is not just what you've accumulated. Prosperity is not hedonism. He with the most toys wins. Prosperity is you've got a prosperous soul. You've got a prosperous marriage. Your children like you. The people that work like you, there's prosperity. Your neighbours, you get on with your neighbours. You are a generous man and you prosper. And it's not just what you have in your life as material things. It's actually the life you live is a blessed and a prosperous life. And everybody you come in touch with, come on, you are seeking to be generous and you are seeking to have a prosperous life. Like I said, some people aren't, they look prosperous, they look blessed, but they're up to their nostrils in debt. Prosperity is not what you have. It's what you have left after you've paid your bills. Amen. It's manifested in your family. It's in your work. It's with your neighbours. And most of all, it's in the way you think. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You and I are the product of our thoughts. You don't need a prophet. You don't need a tarot card reader. You don't need a medium. You don't need to be dialer psychic. You don't need to go to the horoscope. You don't need to go to the new age. All you gotta do, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Let me give you real simple. Today's thoughts, tomorrow's realities. What's in your mind today will be in your life tomorrow. You are the product of your thoughts. And what comes out of the mouth is what's in the heart. Amen. So imagine in the beginning, it says, in the beginning, God saw the earth, the earth was dark and it was formless and it was void. Well, imagine if God just said what He saw. Well, what did He see? It was dark, it was formless, it was void. Matter of fact, the Bible says it was chaos. Sounds like the world today when you think about it. Imagine if God just went, sure is dark out there. There just would have been a whole lot more darkness. See, God created the world that we live in with the words He spoke. God said, let there be light. God spoke to the darkness and created light. You can speak to the darkness in this world and you can create light and life. You can speak to the darkness of that sickness and speak life and healing. You can speak to the darkness of your finances and you can say, He is Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. He will supply all my needs according to His riches and His glory, not according to the NASDAQ, not according to the Dow, not according to the FTSE 100, not according to the mutual funds and the return of investment, not according to the economy. No, no, no. He is Jehovah Jireh and He has blessed me. And I create the world I live in with the words I speak. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen. If you don't like your life, you can change it by changing your words. 
You need to write that down. Listen to 1, 3 John verse 1. Beloved, I wish above all things. Here's the writer of the book of John saying, if I can wish anything for you, I wish above all things. He's got a few, but above everything, that you may prosper. Prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. You see, the level of prosperity and health you and I are going to have in our life is directly related to our thinking. I'll never get married. Not like that, you won't. I'll never get out of debt. Come on. Thank you, Father. You are good. Thank you, Father. You've given me wisdom. And I can survive a famine and I can prosper in times of prosperity and I can have enough love left over to sustain me in the lean times. You're the God of the mountaintop. You're the God of the valley. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on. As a, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You and I are the product of our thoughts. Prosperity and health is directly connected to your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Listen to Deuteronomy 28. The Lord will make you the head. Everybody say the head. Everybody say the head. Come on, say the head. The Lord will make you the head. And listen, not the tail. I love that verse. Look what it says. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God, I give you this day, carefully follow them, you'll always be at the Okay, that was your chance to at the and never at the bottom. Hey, a lot of good stuff going on at the head. There's vision at the head. There's hearing at the head. Hopefully there's some brains in the head. There's, there's taste at the head. There's, there's, there's speech at the head. Not a lot of exciting stuff happening at the tail. And God will make you the head and not the tail. Listen to Joshua 1. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Not just the verses you've underlined. And do not turn from the right or to the left. That you may be, watch this, you may be what? Successful wherever you go. That word's in the Bible. Prosperity, success, it's in the Bible. We need to embrace what God wants us to embrace. And if we're going to affect and change community, we've got to embrace the wisdom and the knowledge of the Word of God. And we've got to pursue it. <laughs> Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to do everything that is written. Watch this. Then, when, then, when, says, then you will make your way prosperous. It doesn't, God does not say, then I will make your way prosperous. He says, if you do this, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's preaching to the people behind us. This isn't, we're good. I got to finish. I love this. The generous man, we're talking about affecting and changing community. One of the best ways to help the poor, listen to me, is don't be one of them. One of the best ways to help them is, is to actually lift them. Amen? So listen to this. 
The generous man will prosper and he who refreshes others will be refreshed. Now the world says all like this, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And you read this Bible verse and that is not what God is saying. This is not you scratch my back, you know, if you, if you look after me, I'll look after you. God is not saying that. But what He is saying is this, I want you to catch this. He sees your generosity and He will reward it. Look what the Bible says, Proverbs 19. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and He will reward them for what they have done. I wanna, I wanna give you an understanding of what this verse means. When you see people who are needy and you're kind to them, God looks at that and says, I'm indebted to you. Whoever is kind to the poor, listen, lend. You know what God's saying? I owe you. You can't say, God, you owe me, but God says, if you're kind to the poor, I owe you. I saw that. And you refreshed someone. So now I'm going to refresh you. Amen. So, so let, me, let me just maybe help you understand how this works. Let me just show you two, two examples and I've got to land the plane. Abraham, richest man in all the world in his day, without a doubt, richest man in all the world. He was Jeff Bezos. He was Elon Musk. He was Donald Trump all rolled up into one person. Okay. Abraham said to his servant, his senior servant, I need you to go find a wife for my son, Isaac. Now, Abraham knew that God promised he'd be the father of many nations and he had a son, but he knew that the promise was more than just a son. But that son would need to get married and that son would need to have sons and daughters for him to be the father of many nations. So he says to the most loyal, trusted servant he has, I need you to go find a wife for my son. How many thank God that parents do not pick their children's husbands or wives in today's world and day and age. I do not want my parents, I did not want my parents picking my wife. However, having said that, I would love to think I could have helped my children pick their spouses. <laughs> so he's got a good servant. So look what it says, Genesis 24. So the servant prays, Lord God of my master Abraham, make me successful today. Look at that. Look at that word. It's in the Bible. Successful. Amen. Today, and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I'm standing beside the spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be when I say to you, a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink. She says, drink and, and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know you've shown kindness to my master. Before he finished saying this prayer, Rebecca came out. Everybody say Rebecca. And she came out with a jar on her shoulder. And she was the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother, Nahor. And look at this. The woman was very beautiful and a virgin. And in case you don't know what a virgin means, it actually tells you no man had slept with her. I know sometimes we get confused on that word today. So I think the Bible helps us understand it. So she went down. She went down to the spring, filled a jar and came up again. And the servant hurried to meet her. And he said, please give me a little, look what he says, a little water from your jar. He didn't ask for the whole jar. He's just a little water from your jar. 
drink, my Lord, she said. And she quickly lowered the jar to, uh, to her hands and gave it to him to drink. And after she'd given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too, until they've had enough to drink. I don't know if you know this, camels drink a lot of water. That's what they have the humps for, is to store the water. And for you to offer to give the man a drink, you don't even know who he is. He's a total stranger. And he asks for a drink. To give him a drink is one thing. But to then offer to say, not only will I take care of you, I'll take care of all your camels. Dang, that's a good girl. And this is the prayer he prayed. The one that does not only just give me a drink, but offers the water of the camels. And she went and quickly emptied the jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw even more water. And she drew enough for all the camels. Without saying the word, the man watched her closely to learn, what, to learn whether or not he has made his journey successful. Can I just say this to you? He who refreshes others will be himself refreshed. Little did that girl Rebecca know but that little moment of refreshing this man and refreshing this man's camels, she would be married to the richest man in the world's son and she inherited it all. And it was all because she didn't make life about her. She refreshed someone else and the end result was she got refreshed. Come on, somebody say amen. Let me give you one more and I'm landing the plane. There's a story about Ruth and Naomi, and they had economic hardship. Both their husbands died. Ruth was the daughter-in-law to Naomi. And what happens is in the face of crisis, we find there's a way to get creative and find new means and new opportunities. And God blesses Ruth's agricultural labour picking because she went into a field to pick up leftovers so she could feed herself and her mother-in-law. Boaz, let me say Boaz, who owned the field was generous and he saw Ruth's willingness to work and work all day. Matter of fact, write this down. Here's the thought. God's faithfulness underlies human productivity. God's faithfulness underlines or underlies human productivity. Both, listen to this, but people have to do the actual work. How do we refresh others? By being willing to work. God said, out of the sweat of your brow, you shall eat. There's a word in the Bible that is really important that has gotten lost in today's world, work. And let me add another word to it. You ready for this? Hard work. Well, I just want to work from home. That's okay. As long as you're being productive. This was God's intent. Ruth was eager to work. Listen to this. And she was willing to work hard enough to support herself and Naomi. Listen to what she said. Let me go into the field, she implored. And when she was given a chance to work, the co-workers, listen, what do other people say about your work? The co-workers reported that she'd been on her feet from early in the morning until now, without a coffee break, without resting, even for a moment. 
Her work was exceptionally productive. And when she came home after the first day, she beat out the barley from the stalks and her harvest yielded a full ephah of grain. This was five gallons of barleys. She was willing to go into the field after the harvesters had been there and she was picking up the leftovers. What everybody else didn't think was important, irrelevant, minuscule. She was willing from the morning till night without a break to have enough for herself and her mother-in-law. And when Boaz saw it, he went, that's my girl. And he ends up marrying her. Girls, be careful who you're trying to impress because Boaz has got some bad relatives, in case you didn't know. Boaz has got some relatives called broke as, poor as, lion as, cheap as, don't want to date dumb as, locked up as, drunk as, lazy as, Good for nothing as, beat your ass. You gotta wait on your Boaz. And you gotta be willing to work. And if you're willing to work, the game will come to you. God will see it and He'll bless it. And that's the way the Kingdom works. He who refreshes others. Come on, somebody. will be refreshed. So who are you watering? Who are you watering? Let's water the city. Let's water our neighbours. Let's water the people. We water your marriage. Don't be looking outside your marriage. The grass is always greener somewhere else. No, it's not. The grass is green where you water it. You water your marriage. You water this house. You water your children. And do you receive the Word? Come on, give the Lord a hand if you receive the Word. Come on, you can do better than that. Everybody say generous. Say prosper. Say refreshing. May Life Church be that to not just the city of Auckland and all the different places and campuses in Australia. But let's be that to our world. Can you say amen? Let's not make life about us. Let's make it about others. Let's be the first to give, first to smile, first not to rush to judgment. Amen? Amen. That message spoke to you in every campus all over in Australia. Praise the Lord. What time is it over there in Australia? You're a little bit behind us here. You'll catch up. If that message spoke to you, you say, Steve, that, I'm talking to Christians now. That was a word for me. I just want you to lift your hand. I want to pray for you. Amen. All over the building. Wow. Okay. Wonderful. Father, you see this wonderful church in every campus. I know every hand, hands are raised in every campus. And I thank you, Father, your word will not return to you void. And I thank you for change. I thank you, Lord, this word can bring change. Lord, it will bring change. That, Lord, you'll make us generous. You'll help us to be prosperous. You'll help us, Lord, to make life about refreshing others. We would not resist. We would not resent work. We would embrace it. Because we know, Father, that where we do that and we seek to be a blessing to others, You refresh us. In Jesus' Name, Amen. 
Now look at me. I know it's a scary thought, but look at me. I got to look at this face every day in the mirror. I want to I want to pray for you today if you don't yet know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I know I've known this church uh, for from the very first time it ever started. I remember with Paul Marie flying over from what is now known as Hillsong College and we brought over a bunch of students and we were door knocking. I don't know if you know this, but Paul used to lead the worship with a guitar. Pray, I told Missy this morning, I said, Missy, I just wanna know, I want you to know at the end of this service, I will be doing a solo. I'm gonna be singing, He Touched Me. And Missy went, oh, fantastic. And she could tell she was nervous. (laughs) I've, I've seen this church be such a blessing. And what I know what marks this church, what makes this church stand out is people finding Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. I'll be honest with you. I don't know how you can go to a church where people weren't getting saved because that's what it's all about. Amen. I I, I wanna pray for you if you don't yet know Jesus. If you've never given your life to Jesus, look at me now. I'm not gonna ask you to come to the front. I'm not gonna ask you to stand up, but I am gonna ask you to do one simple thing. In a moment, we're gonna close our eyes, not yet, and we're gonna bow our heads. And if you say, Steve, pray for me. I do not know Jesus as you speak of. Steve, I'm not yet a Christian. Or maybe this morning, you just know you're not living for God like you once were. And you just say, Steve, pray for me. I, I wanna get right with God. I wanna give my life to Jesus. Look at me now. I want you to do one simple thing. I want you to take your hand in a moment and I want you to just lift it in the air high enough and long enough for me to see it. Why? So I just know who I'm praying for because I wanna pray for you today. Who's believing with me right here, right now? People are gonna encounter Jesus. Can you say amen? You are sitting in this building because of the generosity of others. So this moment could happen. Amen, amen. There's room for more. How many know there's room for more? And I, I don't know how you came to church this morning. I don't know who brought you, but I wanna tell you, God loves you. And He has a plan and He has a purpose for your life. The night I gave my life to Jesus, I never dreamt I'd be doing what I'm doing today. Would never have crossed my mind. Very broken family, very broken home. My mother and father were both alcoholics and they owned a bar. How many know alcoholics owning a bar is not a good recipe for success? And they moved to Australia when I was eight years old from America. And they went down the road of alcoholism even harder than before. At the age of 17, I found Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus. And I gotta tell you, my life so changed that even my parents thought I joined a cult. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And they came and they gave their lives to Jesus. And then my two brothers, my brother comes to life. He's in this church. And my two sisters have all come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. I wanna tell you, Jesus loves you. He's crazy about you. And I wanna pray for you. Are you gonna believe with me? People are gonna meet Jesus today. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you came from, but I don't believe it's by chance or coincidence. If you say, Steve, pray for me all over this building. Let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads. In every campus, come on. North, South, West, Tauranga, all our local communities. In Adelaide, in Melbourne. Listen to me now, pray. Every person whose eyes are closed, heads are bowed. Pray for the person in front of you and behind you. If you say, Steve, pray for me. 
Steve, include me in that prayer. Steve, I want to get right with God. I want to give my life to Jesus. Would you lift your hand right now in every campus all over the building? Lift it up high enough and long enough for me to see it. God bless you. 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 God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Hands are being raised in this campus right here, all over the building. Keep lifting them all over. Everywhere I'm looking, there are hands raised in every single campus. Come on, this is my last call. If you haven't lifted your hand, would you lift it now high enough and long enough for me to, I see you, man, right there. God bless you. I see you right there. I see you up the back there. I see that hand over there. Church, can we give a lot of hand for every single person in every single campus? Come on. Come on, we just saw God refresh others. We just saw God refresh others. Let's all pray this prayer. Say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you today to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins. I receive you now as my Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.